to Architecting. I'm your host, Angela Mazzi. You made it. This is the landing pad for raw honesty about connecting your career with your purpose. I'm going to give you the tools you need to be an unapologetic advocate for yourself and others, because if you're here, you believe that the space we surround ourselves in matters and you're committed to project by project building a better world for all of us. If you're with me, let's get architecting. Hey, Bright Lights, it's Angela, and I am so glad you are here with me. And I wanted to make sure that you know in just a few days this really amazing series of sessions that I have curated to help all of us harness our well-being because everything I talk about on this show has a foundation in you being whole and healthy, especially physical health. And it's more than just eating well or taking care of yourself, blah, 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 all the stuff we already know. So want to make sure that you know about wellness for the working world. This is not me trying to pretend to be an expert. I went out and found five people that can really help you with issues that we face, not the hyper-idealized crap. You are going to have a chance to hear from Paula Yalis first, who's going to talk about emotional eating, why we do things like eat when we're tired. We're going to hear from Claire Oldham-West, who's a hypnotherapist, and you might say, hmm, I'm not so sure about that, but it's not what you think. Claire's going to help you choose one limiting experience in your life, pull out the emotional associations that are holding you back in other areas of your life, and replace it with something positive worked with Claire. This is really effective, really quick. You're going to enjoy this process. And we're going to hear from Megan Mazzocco about sleep, not just getting more of it, but how to get better quality sleep and why it's so important. It's actually number one indicator of life expectancy, if you can believe it. And here we all are being sleep deprived. We're going to hear from Anna Roby, who is a nutritionist who's going to talk to us about food as pharma. So not just eating things that we know are quote-unquote healthy, but eating the right food for us in the moment. Yeah, it's not just an apple's good. An apple maybe is good in the afternoon, but not in the morning. And Anna's going to talk to us about that. Then finally... My yoga teacher, Megan McEwen, who is also a physical therapist, is going to talk to us about detoxing our bodies through movement. Each of these sessions is an hour, and they will be recorded if you can't make us live. But if you're on live, you'll have an opportunity to ask questions. This is such important stuff. We've all gone through so much in the last two and a half years so much pivoting, so much adjusting, so much soul searching, so much we've added to our plate and had to adjust to. And it is extremely stressful and exhausting to go through all of the change that we've all experienced. Take this time for you. 
I'm offering this because I understand how much it's needed. I've been talking to so many of you, hearing from so many of you, knowing that some people just feel like, I can't do this, I can't do one more thing. Well, I'm going to show you through these series of classes, through the amazing insights and the easy to implement changes that each of these five experts are going to bring to the table. How you can expand your capacity, increase your resilience, and get yourself a better physical foundation. The link is in the show notes, but you will also be able to find it on the front page of my website, architectingpodcast.com. So I really hope that you will join us for this series. It's really going to be a life-changing thing that you don't want to miss out on. We are moving into performance review season, and this is a time of year when multiple firms are looking at things like raises, promotions, assessments, trying to make sure that people are in the right place, doing the right things, that it's a win-win for both the company and the employee. And this year, maybe more than ever, we are still in the throes of the great resignation where a lot of people really have questioned, what am I doing and why? And maybe found their current situation lacking in some way. Um, I've seen people completely leave the profession one person that I know, Michael, has chosen to leave the profession and just take a bit of time off for himself. You know, in talking with him, he said, I don't even know what I'm going to move on to. I'll figure it out. But right now, I just know I need time for myself. I've seen people move to other industries and make big career changes. I've seen people that had been longing to do something else or maybe doing two different kinds of jobs, choose one over the other, even though the choice they were making might have been the riskier choice because they just couldn't stay feeling stuck anymore. As you probably have heard me say if you've been a listener to this show, everything comes down to clarity. So I can't tell you categorically, should you stay or should you go? But I do have an episode that explores how to figure that out. But just know that wherever you go, there you are. So if you have clarity and you're moving to something new, you're going to bring what you want to do and become to that new situation. If you don't have clarity, Things might seem new and exciting for a while, but that excitement will wear off if you're not directing yourself. So this brings us to this idea of the performance review and bringing that clarity and direction because recently read an article in Forbes magazine talking about the aftermath of the great resignation, which is the great regret. And it's exactly this issue, right? If you don't really 
make an aligned choice when you make a change, it's the same stuff happening in a different place. You don't really overcome all the things that were making you unhappy. And this happens on the employer side too. You may be hiring someone because you're busy. They came at a premium because we have a working shortage in our profession. They maybe came with a lot of demands because they figured, why not ask? And now you're finding that they maybe weren't as great or exciting as you had hoped they would be. Well, a performance review is a snapshot in time, and these are conversations that should be ongoing throughout the year, and you should make a point to touch base with whoever your direct report is at least once a month and do a quick overview of these topics. A performance review is a formal assessment. It's a chance to really put this stuff in writing and also to create goals for the year. Goals that are aligned with your personal growth, but also aligned with how you can grow within the company. And I hope you can see the subtle difference there. Your personal growth may not be 100% aligned with who the company is and where the company's going, and that's okay. But what parts of it can we now adapt to have alignment with the company so that, again, what you want to do and what they need you to do starts to have more alignment. There are some basic ingredients that should happen in a performance review. And I will say some companies are better than others at doing this. At GBBN, we have a very robust review process. It includes having a primary and a secondary reviewer, as well as choosing three other people. All five of those people are asked the same questions about how you're doing and where your strengths are and how you handle things like conflict, where you are seeking growth, etc. And it's a chance to get a very well-rounded picture from the outside looking in. And then for you to self-reflect and write your own review where you answer those questions yourself and have that inside looking out. Not every company does this. Not every company even has a formal process. I know in the AEC industry, there are a lot of small firms and small firms don't specialize in HR. If you're finding that it's time for performance reviews and you are not part of a more formal process, or even if you are, this is a really good chance to make sure that you are hitting these categories. First one is communication. Communication is a big part of our work. And if you cannot effectively get ideas across, get people excited about ideas, help motivate people, present effectively, you're not showing leadership abilities. So think about how you communicate, think about your tone, your body language, 
whether you speak up, whether you listen and let others speak up, and how well you can facilitate conversations to make sure that you didn't just say what you wanted to say, but others also were heard and that decisions were made where everyone felt included. Think about how well you collaborate and work in teams. So we all know this is becoming increasingly important. Working in teams means that we have to recognize and celebrate everyone's skill set, that we have to create psychological safety so that people do feel comfortable sharing their ideas. Often, when we say teamwork, what we really mean is assigning a bunch of different people things to do, letting them complete those tasks and then come back together. And that's not really teamwork. That's not really collaboration. And it fuels this idea of perfectionism where I don't feel comfortable brainstorming or bringing a half thought through idea to the table because I'll be judged versus, hey, I thought of this. What do you all think? And just kind of building and growing. That requires a lot of trust and psychological safety. When you look at how you are an actor in this scenario, how are you handling that? How are you handling the difficult people, whether it's a client or someone on your team or someone else who's part of the equation in your work? When someone is having a hard time or they're not gelling with the team or you just aren't getting along with someone, what are you doing to manage that conflict? That's going to be an important thing to talk about. Problem solving. I know a lot of people who will say, that's what architecture is. We're just problem solvers. And while I would argue that really does take out of the equation a lot of important things we do and implies that we have all the answers when that in fact is also not true. Problem solving is about co-creation. Problem solving is about problem finding first and foremost. Problem solving is about understanding the nuances that different solutions can have and why one might be better than another. So think about that and how you have improved your problem solving and co-creation skills. Goes without saying quality and accuracy of work, but if you have accomplished something or you are leading any initiatives related to quality control, or you just want to talk about how you are dedicated and thorough in your approach, this is a good time to highlight that. Your reliability matters. The fact that people can count on you, and I know we're all in a hybrid work situation where some people may want to work from home 100% of the time, some part of the time, some in the office, but which days they're in the office may not line up. Understanding this idea of showing up and reliability, can people find you no matter where you are? Are you present and engaged no matter where you are? 
Or does it feel like when you're gone, you've sort of disappeared and no one really knows what you're going to come back with? This has been a pitfall of remote work for years and years and years. I even wrote my master's thesis on this. When you're not present physically, people do forget about you. There's even a study, this also was in Forbes magazine, about biophotons and how they are scientifically showing that our head and heart area especially emit these biophotons or light particles and that we are as humans hardwired to pick up the biophotons that others emit and that those biophotons are giving us cues and clues and it's all happening at a subconscious level but there ain't no biophotons being transmitted via zoom so all that electromagnetic blue light not biophotons so make sure you do find the time for facetime as well that is really really important and then finally the last thing you want to make sure you're hitting in your performance review is that you can accomplish goals and meet deadlines. So you've heard me talk about the three scales of work, scale of the project, scale of the firm, scale of the industry. Are you doing work that has some impact on one or more of those? Now, Scale of the project should be pretty easy because we're all working on projects. What are you doing beyond just simply what you're being asked to do? How are your professional goals, your growth initiatives being expressed in what you bring to a project? Because we all know that we have different skill sets. You might be in the role of project architect, and there may be other people in that same role. You're going to each bring something a little bit different as a project architect, even though you have the same job description. So think about what differentiates you. Think about how your perspective brought to light certain issues or brought a certain dimension or helped people consider things a little bit differently. Think about what your personal goals were from the year before and how you explored those goals in the project. Think about how you showed up in firm initiatives. How were your goals reflected there? And this is a great opportunity where your goals and the firm's goals can kind of dovetail did you help lead a discussion series? Did you help put on some wellness activities that people could be involved in throughout the year? Did you help with mentoring others? What did you do that's beyond your job description that helped you explore personal development goals, but also help the firm be a better place to work. Then let's jump to the scale of the industry. So what have you done in professional organizations? Have you submitted a speaking proposal? Did you write an article? 
Are you leading a committee for the AIA at your local component or at a national or state level? Are you part of USGBC? What are you doing? And make sure you reflect that as well. When you start to look across each of these areas, communication, collaboration and teamwork, problem solving, quality of work, showing up in reliability and accomplishing goals, you want to make sure that you're making your case for how you've grown since the last year, but you also want to make the case for how you want to grow. This isn't a set it and forget it kind of thing. How do you want to be different this time a year from now? And what goals do you need to have in order to make that happen? What opportunities do you need in each of these six areas if you're going to be able to accomplish those goals? So make sure that you have thought about this and maybe there's even some proposals you want to come in with and say, this is what I'd like to work on and this is how I see it playing out. There may be other things where you need to brainstorm with your reviewers and your supervisors or direct reports and work together on what this looks like but it's really important to articulate it. And then finally, don't just walk into the room and go, Phew, that's over. This is a living process and it doesn't do you any good to have had a great review if you cannot implement what was talked about. Make sure that you are thinking about how you're going to accomplish your goals. Make sure you are touching base regularly with those who have a part to play in accomplishing those goals and that you've got an action plan because again, having a goal and working and talking and developing strategies, that's still not action. That's still not getting something done and moving the needle. Don't be unrealistic in what's possible for you to do, but do have some tangible outcomes in mind so that you have something to show incremental progress throughout the year, but also you can at next year's review point to those things as accomplishments. You can also go to my website, architectingpodcast.com and download my free workbook for power secrets to having your perfect career. It is totally free and it is a resource for you that might come in handy as you think about your strategy for your performance review. As always, if you found value in this podcast, please review it, share it, subscribe. It helps so much when you do that for other people to find the podcast and get a benefit from it as well. And I always want to know what you think. So please 
leave your thoughts on Instagram and tag me at Architecting Podcast. That's all, everyone. Have a great day. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening. You made it all the way to the end of the episode, which means you are committed to making yourself a priority so you can be empowered to do the work you were called to do in the world. How amazing is that? If you would like even more content just like this, please remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. I would so appreciate it if you left an honest review too. Hey, I want you to know I'm here for you beyond the boundaries of this podcast. You can follow me on social media at Architecting Podcast or visit architectingpodcast.com to download some great free resources. Take care, everyone, and stay inspired. Mm-hmm.